Hey there, friends. My name is Max Critchfield. I'm the pastor of College Age Community here at Three Crosses, and this is the Praxis Podcast. This podcast exists for the purpose of helping young people flourish in life and faith, and we're so glad you're with us. In this season of the Praxis Podcast, we're talking about discerning decisions, seeking guidance as it applies to making decisions, large and small, as faithful followers of Jesus. We selected this topic for the Praxis Podcast because, especially for young adults, there are a lot of decisions, big questions that need discerning. Questions about location, vocation, relationship, and so much more. And we're getting into those questions and more this season, and we're so glad that you're joining us. I am joined for these conversations by my friend, Patty Crone. Say hi, Patty. Hey. Patty is the Director of Care and Equipping here at Three Crosses. And we're blessed to have her with us as we dive into these exciting topics. And uh, we are now, we have been in and will continue to be in the toolbox of decision making. And as we've said, when you're building something big, you don't just use one tool. So we've talked about a lot of tools already this season. And uh, today is another one of those episodes of just some different tools in the toolboxes we're seeking to um, sense God's leading and a peace in that. But before we get there, we have the precious moment. Uh-oh. <laughs> this is the time in the podcast where we talk about just something that's bringing a smile to our face, something that's sparking joy for us at this time. So, um, Patty, what's something for you that's a precious moment today? Hmm. I think I'm going to go with a person kind of family-ish kind of precious moment. So our youngest daughter is a young adult in living in the Central Valley where we came from. And uh, she came up for the weekend and I don't know, just was so cool to hang with her, sit with her in church and worship with her. Um, Our move has been hard on her, um, understandably. We're very close. And so having her come up and having her be excited to come up and uh, yeah, celebrate a new life up here for us is It's a big deal for her to do that, and it was, it's just not something I take for granted. Very grateful for her and her generous spirit. That's lovely. Sometimes your parents make decisions you don't like. <laughs> like like moving 200 miles away and you have to figure out how you're going to respond. And she's, mm. she's figuring it out beautifully. That's another episode, isn't it? Yes, it is. Uh, <laughs> uh, let's see. For me today, uh, maybe it's just today's weather. I'll go with something recent. Ooh, you know, yeah. it's as we're recording this podcast, it's been quite dreary. Mm-hmm. Um California, you know, we, it's kind of a love hate where we need the water, mm. but it's really gray and dark for a long time. We are soggy right now. <laughs> yeah. We are truly soggy here. We really are. <laughs> and um, it's, it'd been unabating for quite a stretch mm-hmm. of time. Just, and I think maybe we shared another, other points on the podcast that that really, that affects me, affects mm-hmm. us. Yeah. You know, when you just go out, it's dreary, it's cold, it's drizzly. Like I'm a shorts and t shirt guy. For sure. So today the sun was shining, mm-hmm. uh, just a nice. break in the rain. Beautiful. And it was, uh, it's a beautiful day. It's a little chilly, but I like crisp and clear. And that was kind of the weather Definitely today. today. Mm-hmm. So that, uh, that brought a smile to my face. And um, I think as, you know, someone who kind of does this flower farm thing, works outside, I, I, winter doesn't have quite as much of a, a heaviness for me now because I see the purpose of the season. But I still appreciate when mm-hmm. the sun comes out. 
all the more yeah. um, because, and also as we get into spring, it's the time for new life mm -hmm. to spring forth. Yeah. And that's sure. exciting. It so is. very um, cool. We're getting into the outer boundary, perhaps, of spring. We're probably at least a month away from that, but it's getting closer. With yeah, Puxatani saw his shadow or didn't see a shadow, That's whatever right. that means yes, that we're having an early not... spring. That yes. means we get an early spring. I don't know if it's when he sees his shadow, it's an or early spring. Or doesn't see a shadow. I did, can't remember what it is. It's an early spring. All I so. know is he says it's an early <laughs> spring, and I'm going with it. Shout out if you haven't seen Groundhog Day, one of my oh. all-time favorite films. Oh, yeah. It's epic. You should watch that film. If you're listening to this, pause, watch Groundhog Day. Come back. Murray. Come back. It'll be a good decision. <laughs> yes. That's a deci that you decision you want to make. <laughs> mm. So uh, with that, we get into today's topic. And uh, as we are kind of rooting around in the decision toolbox, so to speak, we're talking about kind of the tools of looking back and looking ahead. And so imagining, you know, if you're listening, you're kind of sitting in, those, in that seat of like, wow, I got to decide something or something's mm -hmm. kind of stirring in me. I feel like I have to make a change or I have, yeah. I've come to a decision point and which way do I go? Um, do I go left? Do I go right? You know, how do I handle this? And so we've just been talking about some of the tools with which we can build that decision and feel like I have a confidence that as I, I kind of test this decision and start to take steps forward, that this is a good and wise choice. So we're talking about the place of kind of looking back, reflecting on the past and how that helps us in decision making and as well as looking forward talking about vision, ambition, passion, imagination hmm. as it comes and relates to decision-making. So I'm really excited about today's topic and um, excited to get into it. So why don't we start with just that first piece, looking back. So as we think about kind of reflecting on the past, um, obviously there's unhealthy reflection on the past. <laughs> we can dwell yeah. or live in the past. Yeah. And then there's get also stuck. maybe a reflection that helps us in decision-making. Mm -hmm. So maybe what's the difference between the two? Uh, you know, an unhealthy looking back and a healthy looking back. And how does that relate to decision-making? I wonder if the, if the unhealthy is feeling stuck, you know, mm. if you're just, you're, you're mesmerized by the past, you're, you're just kind of just dwelling to the point where you feel immobilized to make a decision versus looking at the past and recognizing God's faithfulness, that he is leading, that you do have the spirit um, that God isn't hiding. He, he is with you, um, that you and Jesus are making these decisions together. Mm. Then the past can, can shape me. I think when I think of me, I, uh, even if I made a, 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 what ended up being not the best decision, I'm not talking about a sin decision, but just, you know, God loves gray, by the way, he loves <laughs> the color gray. And so I'm making a decision mm. that I, you know, it, it's neither, it's, it's not, it's not an unsafe or a sinful decision, but maybe looking back, mm, I probably should have chose vanilla instead of chocolate, like for yeah. whatever reason. Hmm. Um, but still seeing God's grace and how it still worked, there still was something to learn. There was hmm. something to gain. I don't know. I don't know about you, Max, but sometimes I feel like I learned more from the, some of the decisions that I so-called regret yeah. than some of the decisions I feel like I nailed. Um, I learned more about myself and... Um, so th those have been kind of cool. So I think for me, yeah, looking back, being immobilized versus motivated. So mm. if I'm looking at the back past and it's motivating me, that's probably healthy. If I'm looking at the past and I'm feeling immobilized or shame or fear, then that would be my dashboard light that it's unhealthy. 
Yeah. How about you? Yeah, I think when I think about this looking back, um, and I talked about this a bit, we released kind of the case study that you and I recorded where you mm-hmm. interviewed me. Mm-hmm. And this was kind of a theme that I talked about. And it relates to the looking ahead piece that we're going to get into a little bit later in the episode, but of just kind of like following the shape of your story mm-hmm. and just kind of looking at some of those mm-hmm. watershed kind of Moments. mountaintop mm-hmm. significant inflection points. Mm-hmm. And those can then be guideposts for the road ahead. I don't know if we've talked about this, but... Um, Surprise, I'm already feeling emotional in this mm-hmm. episode mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> about feeling called to ministry. Mm-hmm. And um, I kind of had a pretty, I guess, dramatic conversion experience. There's mm-hmm. people who experience conversion and sometimes it's gradual. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, sometimes it's, it's, it's a, a slow moment. rain. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's sometimes a drizzle. You look back and like, how, mm-hmm. where did I go from like just casual to follower of Jesus? I can't mm-hmm. point to a moment. Sometimes right. some of us, we can point to a moment. Mm-hmm. And for me, you know, I had this moment. I was just telling kind of my, my faith story again in a, in a group that I lead where I was, I was away on a, on a winter retreat and um, just had this, it was something I'd heard already a hundred times, but something changed in me that mm. of just being overwhelmed by God's love mm. in spite of all my failures and feeling like I'd come to the end of the road. Um, it was just the start. And mm. I remember sitting on the side of this bed and feeling like something has changed mm. in me. Um, I'm not the same person. And I wonder what this is going to mean for my life. Yeah, where's like, this going? Something has shifted mm-hmm. and I'm, there's no going back, mm-hmm. you know, and um, it's cool to look back right now. Like I'm 22 years removed from that mm-hmm. point. I'm like, wow, look, look at all where we've mm-hmm. come, you know, uh, but that moment. So that was like a winter retreat. A year later, it was the same winter retreat. Mm-hmm. And um, I think my youth pastor had noticed a change, you know, like I had kind That's of, cool. I, I had That's been a regular good. youth group mm-hmm. attender and I was there a lot but he noticed something was different mm-hmm. about me and so he asked like hey do you want to share your testimony hmm. you know at this and it was like a, it what was a gift like, it was a gender thing so it was a mm-hmm. guys retreat girls retreat so all the guys we were this year we we're all on a houseboat on Lake Shasta and so we were just kind of doing you know teenage mm-hmm. boy stuff jumping off the top of this houseboat you know all this so whatnot, cool. and it was it was super fun and then I think maybe it was like Saturday night. It was like maybe the final night or whatever. They like beached the house, but we built a bonfire. Mm. And he said, hey, okay. I remember like sitting in like my bunk in the houseboat with like, I had like printed out kind of like Your my, notes. my notes for the testimony. <laughs> and I'd, I could probably still dig up this document somewhere from like 2002. I hope so. <laughs> That's good. Um, but... I, uh, so we got out there, you know, and maybe played a few songs. Mm-hmm. We were standing around this fire. There's maybe 25, 30 of us. And he said, you know, Hey Max, do you want to share now? Mm-hmm. So I started kind of telling my story mm-hmm. and I just felt like a, like a power in mm-hmm. that moment. Wow. And in my sharing, you know, it was quite mm-hmm impassioned you know mm. and just talking about mm. the transformative power in Jesus in my life of Jesus and um, you know people are kind of crying I can't remember exactly how I told it then but um, it was just it was it was very powerful it was it was this time that I still think about you know and I remember kind of walking off to the side and I remember looking up at the moon and the moon just looked wow. like so big hmm 
was just it was like luminous. It was just so bright. You know, there's times wow. where like the moon's closer. Mm-hmm. You know, it was like one of those times where it felt like it was like I could reach up and grab shining it. on you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I remember like one of my youth leader friends like came put his arms on me and uh, was just affirming me. Mm-hmm. That's cool. And I just felt like this voice in my spirit of like, this is what I want you to do. Mm-hmm. Wow. And I was 17, mm-hmm. I think, at that point. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like what do you mean by this? Mm-hmm. You know, like, but what is the, this? Yeah. Like, what do you mean? <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but yeah. so when I think about looking back and I'm making decisions today, mm-hmm. I think about what I, yeah. I think about 17, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, no, I think about 17, there's a lot of discouraging things, sure. you know, there's like, it's you not an saying, easy age a to lot be. of mistakes that I made, yeah. like mm-hmm. what was I thinking things? For sure. But as we've said many times in this season, God doesn't waste mm-hmm. anything. Mm-mm. Right. And that's Mm-mm. the beauty when we can look back, we can mm-hmm. also be kind with ourselves, right? Because sure. we can see, man, look how God, there's some things we only learn through failure, right. you know, <laughs> and mm-hmm. that no failure is fatal. No. It's not like a, well, okay, never mind. Your story's over. Mm-hmm. But, um, and as a father has compassion for his children, so our God for us, he knows we are made of dust, which means we can't make the right decision every time. Yeah. If we're just dust, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. So, yeah, when I'm talking about kind of looking back, mm-hmm. so when I'm thinking about decisions I make today vocationally mm-hmm. and in my life, mm-hmm. you know, looking back on some of those inflection point moments mm-hmm. that, are, that are in the past and, like, what was God doing in that? Yeah. And what might that mean for me mm-hmm. standing at this crossroads today? Mm-hmm. You know, so if we're listening and just thinking, yeah, what are some of those moments, moments for me? Mm-hmm. You know, I wrote down here the scripture talking about Ebenezer's, you mm-hmm. know, when God parts the waters, of the Jordan River, and they all pass through and they says, hey, mm-hmm. go back to the bottom of the river, grab a bunch of big rocks, mm-hmm. pile them up, you know, next to the river as this reminder to mm-hmm. you of how God delivered you, mm-hmm. you know, and for them, that was like, this is part of our identity, right? You know, this is part of our communal story how we orient ourselves in the world is Mm -hmm. what god has done for us what god has said to us what Mm -hmm. how he has provided for us and um and so i think as we're kind of rooting around in the toolbox of like okay this decision i'm facing kind of like okay where have i been Mm -hmm. what's god brought me from Mm -hmm. where does he brought me through where have i felt his goodness and guidance in my life that gives me context then Mm -hmm. for where I'm sitting right now. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, thinking about the past, I, I, I'm just, for some reason I'm flashing Max to being, gosh, about eight years old. I, I, I grew up in a, my mom, Catholic, took us to church once in a while, my dad yeah. not. And, you know, I had, a, I had an awe of God, a belief in him. I even marked up my Bible as a little kid, mm. which you don't do as a Catholic. Um, <laughs> yeah. Probably got in trouble for it. Yeah. But I remember playing with, uh, you know, some kids and one of the adults came out and said, you're going to be a teacher Mm. and that's what you should be. This is just watching you with my kid and, you know, and just kind of saw things and that stuck with me. However, my parents wouldn't let me be a teacher Mm. and they, my dad just had an interesting thing about teachers and he just felt like I needed to be doing something different with my life. It was, it was unfortunate. It was a little bit like you're too smart to be a teacher, which that's a horrible thing to think. <laughs> um, and, not, and it's absolutely not true, by the way. Sure. Um, 
And so I went into graphic design. I had an aunt I really admired. She was mm. a graphic artist and a fine artist, and I, I thought she was cool. So that kind of shaped my, my, my decision too. Mm. You know, like, okay, well, if I can't be what I kind of sense I'm supposed to be, mm. I'll be like somebody I like. And so I went into graphic um, arts, and at the same time, I started um, doing youth ministry mm. as a volunteer, yeah. and I loved being with the kids. Mm. And I would get through work just to go hang out with the teens. And that mm. was where I lit up. And it's just like this interesting journey of, you know, yeah, I got the degree in art. And, but then I went back to school for teaching. You know, it was just this, okay, I, it just didn't, it, it didn't stop. It, it, I couldn't get unshaped by this trajectory. And then working in youth ministry, kind of being again told, you know, you, you, you're, you're a shepherd, you, you walk people through things and then becoming a believer and seeing what the power of God's word to shape us. And so it's just been kind of cool to think back to that moment and see nobody could stop, nobody could really get in the way with what God wanted me to do. Mm. Do you know what I mean? So I ended up being a high school teacher for a while. And then that moved into doing ministry and teaching um, grown-up people. And um, and I don't know, I don't know, I find that really encouraging that mm. no person, while God uses people to speak those things to us, like your example, Yeah. No, no human person or institution can get in the way of what God is really wanting us to do. And, mm. and gosh, it was a bummer to spend all that time in graphic design. I mean, I enjoyed it. It still makes me appreciate art. Um, but it wasn't wasted. Like, I know what it's like to be a graphic designer. I didn't go right into teaching or right into ministry without being in the workplace. And so you just, anyway, you just get to see how God redeems even when others say, no, you can't do that. Mm. Um, I can wait on him. So I guess that helps me now in decision-making that if, if, if Susie Q is telling me, I think this is what God has for you, and Jimmy John is saying, no, I think God wants you to do this for me. And, you know, because people like to speak into your life and tell you what they're, you're supposed to be doing <laughs> with your life. People like to talk, don't um, they? People do like to fix you and, and <laughs> dress you up. Um, that I can just keep going back and saying, but what do you say, Jesus? Mm. And... Um, and show me some confirmations about what that could be. And I guess that starts, that's a, kind of a transition for us even into the looking forward. Yeah. That that really helps me now as I, as I look forward. That um, God is faithful to kind of have his way. I was talking with somebody earlier today that, you know, we will fulfill God's will. It just depends on whether we're going to be a Judas or a Peter. Right, so we can't we can't thwart God's will. We can True. just yeah. I'm sorry, that's a total side note. You could probably edit that out if you want, but it just I guess that piece of God is going to direct our paths, and um, we make our plans. But the Lord, it's the Lord who establishes our path. So I don't know. I guess there's a rest and a kind of an excitement, a discovery that can be in looking back and anticipating the future. Um, again, I would have never anticipated I would have gone from teaching in the school system to becoming a teacher of God's word. So when I was told that at, you know, at, I don't know, 17 years of age, I didn't even imagine. So I think that's the other part is that when we feel this shaping yeah. of our life, keeping my hands open to what is that going to look like? And, um, and I can tie that into look, looking forward in a minute, but as we continue, but there's, there's pieces of, okay, this is, this is how you're leading Lord, but don't let me narrow it down to one particular um, 
narrow line. It could have lots of applications. Right. You know, you can kind of have this sense of calling Mm -hmm. and then, well, how am I going to express that Mm -hmm. calling? You know, how is God going to bring that about? There's a myriad of ways, right? Really? I don't know. Mm -hmm. And so there is kind of this humility and open-handedness that's required there of, okay, God, I, I sense a call in a general to, mm-hmm. t- to a general space to be mm-hmm. teaching people. How are you going to get me there? Mm-hmm. Like, what do you need to do in me to get me there? Um, what am I going to do along the way? Mm-hmm. Um, we don't know any of those things, right? you know, and we don't know tomorrow, mm-hmm. right? Which is what we're, we're going to talk about and looking forward. Right. But, um, those, that, that can all help us in the decisions we make today. Yep. Um, and being faithful in the small things. Like, so even when I moved into the ministry space, before I ever taught in front of many, I taught in my living room with four, you know, and so I, I remember in ministry, leading, being a ministry leader, I've had both women and men come to me and say, God's called me to be a teacher. I know that's my dream. <laughs> and, you know, my question is always, well, what, how have you been doing it so far? You know, and typically I'll, I'll, I'll often get, you know, hand me the microphone. It's like, no, sit in a circle on the floor first and let's mm. see if this is really, because I, I do think sometimes we, we think God is shaping us or leading us on a path and we imagine, but, but we need to take a, a smaller step first and just see how it plays out. Does that make sense? Yeah. So pretty cool to think about how he does shape as we hold it open, back to holding open how it's going to play out. Yeah, I think that doesn't segue us just kind of into this looking forward piece. And, you know, what you were saying there made me think about, I remember, so I got invited to like a summer camp when I was a high school student. And um remember listening to like the speaker up there. It's like pastor from so-and-so church. And I remember just thinking out there like, man, how does this person like do what they do? Mm-hmm. You know, like mm-hmm. they can just go up there and talk and uh, it just seems so well thought out. And, you know, part of me thought like, I want to do that one mm-hmm. day. You know, I want to be a, a speaker at, 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 retreats, at a camp, mm-hmm. a camp speaker. Mm-hmm. And um, what, what comes to mind, I think this is this, hmm, maybe this is a quote from C.H. Spurgeon, but he talks about like, uh, God will not use a man greatly until he's wounded him deeply. Yeah, hurt him deeply. Mm-hmm. And um, person. Mm-hmm. <laughs> God will not yeah. use a person greatly until he has wounded him mm-hmm. deeply. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, you know, because these people would share incredible mm-hmm. stories. And like what you just, you see what they present for, mm-hmm. for 35 minutes on a but stage. you don't see all the years But what of you pain. don't see mm-hmm. is the yeah. life mm-hmm. that God has brought them on, the incredible Absolutely. journey where really what they're doing is just, it's, it's an expression of... It, it's not the mm-hmm. end. It's just like, it's not an afterthought, but it's mm-hmm. it's just the fringe of mm-hmm. the substance of what God has yeah. done in that person's life. And they're just yeah. sharing a glimpse of that. So mm-hmm. it's not like you're not, it's not all the preparation is for what you do on the stage in 35 minutes. Mm-hmm. Well, what you're doing is what God is doing in mm-hmm. your life. You know, the story, the preparation, the the heartache, you know, all the suffering because it's, Mm-hmm. I mean, so, and, and I've heard some people who maybe you listen to them and go, this person hasn't, hasn't suffered, suffered, you know, I, know. I was thinking the same thing, yeah. you know, <laughs> you can sense that because You're like, they're like, Oh boy, I mean, you wouldn't have said it be, that way. <laughs> they might be giving the right answers, but there's, there's they haven't arrogance. lived it yet. Mm-hmm. There's they're, they're, they haven't mm-hmm. lived what they're saying. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I'll kind of, um, I mean, you and I, and uh, every person where pain and suffering and frustration mm-hmm. touches all of us. Mm-hmm. And, um, 
it's refining mm-hmm. when we encounter those things with the Spirit of God. Absolutely. You know, and mm-hmm. so I just think that's an interesting example. And as people are listening of like, yeah, I have a dream and a vision, but how do I get there? Mm-hmm. And how is God going to take me there perhaps? Or yeah. maybe he's going to show me something totally different, mm-hmm. you know? That the like, journey is just as important as the destination or more so. Yeah. yeah. How, how we get there for sure matters. Yeah. There, um, I, I had always thought I would be a missionary. Um, after I became a believer, was kind of caught up in a student led revival, became a wild believer and seeing all kinds of kids come to Christ, very passionate about anybody being lost, telling my family they were all going to hell if they didn't drop to a knee and repent. And so then, you know, it didn't take long before, what about those who've never heard? What about those who've never heard? And so I went on a short-term mission trip to Africa a couple of years into my faith. That was it. I was going to be a missionary and really felt like that, you know, from the shaping to looking forward, that was going to be what I would do. And, um, started dating somebody that wanted to be a missionary. We were planning to get married. Um, he dumped me when I got home from Africa, <laughs> um, broke my heart into a million pieces. And then I met my husband who tried to go to like Urbana, these big missions conferences. He kept trying to go to these things and he would, you know, he'd save up all the money and then he'd, you know, have some, some random bill and have to pay. So he's like, God just isn't wanting me on the mission field, Patty. I mean, every time I try. And so I'm like, do I dump him? What do I do? I had a mentor who had been a missionary. She was guiding me mm. in this decision. And it, it was almost as if this missions thing was keeping me from, uh, because I had it so detailed as to what it was going to look mm. like, that I almost walked away from my husband, which would have been tragic. I mean, it's been an amazing 35 years with him. He is my best friend. And been my biggest supporter. And what ended up happening with missions is um, we have children. Our second is severely disabled. We're like, we were open to the mission field. Now we're never going because we've got this disabled kid. Um, Okay, Lord, did I just hear you wrong all these years? Well, tap on the shoulder five years later, um, 10 years later, will you go into Central Asia, into the persecuted church and work with women leaders they had heard some of my teachings and writings and said, hey, we, we really want you to come. I was like, what? And I got to go into these spaces um, that were really dark and with brothers and sisters who were really suffering for the gospel. And it was because of my life with Aubrey, as I shared my story and my disabled daughter, that they opened their whole world to me. And they were like, wow. you get suffering. Back to your comment, you get suffering so even though you don't live in a persecuted country, we trust you because mm. you know what it means to hurt. Wow. And God opened this entire mission field to me all over Central Asia, the stand countries, all because of a disabled daughter who was keeping me from going on the mission field. And But I would have never, if you would have asked me at 18, 19, what does it mean to be a missionary? I would have given you a very specific answer. Um, and so looking back, looking forward, it's like, okay, this things play out and um and we can trust that God God is up to something and even when we think something has died we don't have to shut down our imagination we can say lord renew that passion renew that vision um those doors have closed for me now with covid but i'm still asking the lord hey what's the mission's future still for me hmm. um what would you have for me? And so then I ended up being a counselor to missionaries. I mean, who could who could dream this stuff? Um, and so it's Amen. just exciting to keep, I guess that kind of seems to be a theme of what we're talking about today, Max, is keeping the 
um, keeping the how it plays out very open, um, that God is so creative and his world is so big. And you may have a dream to teach. You may have a dream of missions. You may have a dream to be a doctor. You may have a dream to be, you know, you may have a dream to uh, adopt 100 kids. Um, being open to how that dream as you imagine it, and as you seek God's guidance and you seek wise counsel and all the other tools we've talked about, be open to that playing out differently than you expected. Yeah. And, um, and it doesn't mean you heard God wrong. It just means you're open to how he will let it play out for you. Yeah. It actually takes more faith, right? Right. So. Yeah, I was just thinking, and I think you're providing the counsel I was thinking of for maybe people who are listening. You know, I remember just even as a kid, like I was the kind of kid who just shoved all my papers in my backpack. You know, like I had a folder. I never used my folder. It just right. kind of like. Why would you need a folder? <laughs> and, and, yeah, that's just the way I work. But I, I was always in awe of like. The organizers. It was usually gals, you know, like who. They're, they're Color coded everything. Perfect, you know, and everything was immaculate. Mm -hmm. Everything was organized. And I was just like shoving my backpack and I can't mm -hmm. wait to get out of class, you know. So that's kind of a glimpse into how mm -hmm. I think about my life and how I like live discerning God's will. But for people who are listening, uh, you know, maybe they're big planners, mm -hmm. you know, it's just mm -hmm. like I got my 10 year plan. I have my ambition. I yeah. have my dream. And, um, I think what you've just been saying is speaking into that, but, uh, you know, what would we say? Obviously I don't think we would say making plans is bad, No, you know, like no. having a sense of like, this is, mm -hmm. I met people who from when they were five wanted to be a veterinarian, mm -hmm. wanted to be a firefighter, you know, sometimes it works out exactly as mm -hmm. they, they thought it would. And sometimes it doesn't, mm -hmm. you know, um, for sure. So maybe would, maybe we can just continue that thought of just like, where does maybe you, you're listening, you have a strong passion about something. Mm -hmm. You have a strong passion for a particular field, perhaps, mm -hmm. you know, where is kind of the interplay between kind of living in faith? And obviously these aren't dichotomies. It's not an mm -hmm. either or. Right. But what, what is kind of the, the shape of the conversation where, you know, we're making plans, mm -hmm. but we're also open to God's leading. I mean, I think for me, I have to think through, okay, is, is the dream I have in line with scripture and living on mission, right? Yeah. So obviously being a missionary is, being a teacher can be. There's other things that I know my temperament, my personality would not be healthy. They wouldn't draw me to Jesus. So that's going to be the first thing. But the second thing would be, I think you're right. It's not a dichotomy. Holding on to a dream while holding, while not holding on to an on how it will play mm, out. There it is. So it's like, okay, there's this passion. Um, even now, for me, a big passion is is seeing um, the next generation um, of Christian leaders and teachers flourish. Okay, that's a giant thing, and it helped lead me here to Three Crosses. But how it plays out. Um, I was looking at a position that was more of a writing and um, podcasting kind of uh, material development for the next generation. That was a possibility that at the same time I was interviewing here and, and just being open and, and again, continuing as a counselor, working with young missionaries, can, can I don't have to throw out one because of the other. And I do see this happen where people think, okay, I heard God wrong. Okay, my friends have all counseled me wrong. Because everyone said I should, I, I should go into the ministry, and it's not happening for me. Yeah. Um, and then I think, well, wait a minute. 
Ministry is a very big word. What about nonprofit? What about your your thinking? Ministry is being a youth pastor, or ministry is being a women's director, or ministry is writing a book. Well, ministry can be a thousand th- different things. Sure. So don't trash the dream because it didn't play out the way you anticipated. So I guess bringing people around me too that think big and say, there's nothing wrong with this passion and it it very likely is from the Lord, but Patty, don't write a script. Don't write your own script. (laughs) Let God write the script. You can have the theme, but let him write the script. And um, I need people around me to help me with that for sure. because, yeah, sometimes how it plays out is humbling, and sometimes how it plays out is exciting, and sometimes how it plays out is confusing. And, um, but I think when God's in it, it, it the, the, the actual core of the dream remains. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, I loved your word there of, like, you have the theme, but don't, not the script. Don't write the script. You know, <laughs> God's writing the script. And you're not the star, by the way, either, and, of your own script. Yeah. <laughs> and you don't want to be. Yeah. <laughs> I can't, I think it was called Soap Dish. I don't know why I'm remembering this movie. This is super off the wall. But <laughs> we like off the it wall It was here. like this funny it's a Praxis movie podcast. sometimes that we would watch like at family like mm. dinners and stuff. It's uh-huh. like an 80s movie with like, I can't even remember who's in it. But like kind of the climax of the movie is, so it's, it's like, it's about a soap opera and there's okay. always like kooky relationships and characters, but the. The final episode of the the soap opera, like it's mm-hmm. the it's the conclusion. They're acting it out live. They're reading off a teleprompter. Oh, but they don't know. They haven't read the script in advance. Oh my goodness! You know? <laughs> so, so they're like, "Oh, that's so good. That's such a great picture." Yeah, I already so, see where you're going. It's just kind of like yeah. that's that's kind of the that's tension it. that you're talking about. Like, Let God I know, write the teleprompter. I know what the mm-hmm. the, the setting is. Mm-hmm. I kind of know, but how this like I'm reading off the teleprompter you in know, real time. Of like, Mm-hmm. Wow, did not see that coming, mm-hmm. you know? Did and not see it coming. Like that's sometimes what happens, you know? And um you know what comes to my mind from the scriptures is in James 4, you know, where it says, "Now listen, you who say today or tomorrow mm-hmm. we will go to this or that city, spend a year there, carry on business and make money." Um why you do not even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? Mm-hmm. You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Mm-hmm. Instead, you ought to say, if it is the Lord's That's will, well. mm-hmm. we will live and do this or that. Yeah, so good. And um, I think good that word. really captures that tension, you good know, word. of mm-hmm. where sometimes our planning borders on presumption. And gets in the way. Yeah, and gets mm-hmm. in the way. We're tripping over it. Mm-hmm. And he says, you know, I, in fact, that's kind of prideful presumption mm-hmm. on your part because you're a mist, mm-hmm. you know, and we don't know what tomorrow brings. Yeah. And, you know, I think that there's, in the end, we're ultimately trusting in the plan and purpose of God. And because, this goodness. Mm-hmm. You know, sitting here too, I can probably, I can think of people who had dreams and they didn't see them realized, Mm -hmm. you know, they had a vision, they had a hope. And because of hardship, because Mm -hmm. of tragedy, life in a broken world, um, all of it, huh? What they thought and dreamed, what Mm -hmm. other people thought and dreamed for Mm -hmm. their lives did not come to pass on this side of heaven, Mm -hmm. you know? And so we always live in light of that Mm -hmm. humble Mm -hmm. truth, you know, that tension, what he's Mm -hmm. saying, look, you're, you're, what is your life? You're a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. And just mm-hmm. kind of 
it's, it's freeing and it's humbling mm-hmm. to go, you know what? I have all these dreams, these passions, um, and tomorrow I could get hit by a bus, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and I'll be with the Lord forever. Yeah. And so I, there is this open handedness about, and for me, like even sitting here, like I have so many dreams and, um, like I even, I shared on a different podcast. I just saw that movie, mm-hmm. the greatest showman. Oh, it's like a musical. And the first hmm. kind of musical number is like a million dreams uh-huh. are keeping me awake, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's, it really just slayed me listening yeah, to this song. It's a beautiful song. And just mm-hmm. the wonder of dreaming. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, we all, we probably listening. You probably had friends, people who they had a dream mm-hmm. and, um, as we live in a broken world, mm-hmm. you know, until it's made right, until King Jesus returns, mm-hmm. we also deal with futility mm-hmm. and frustration. Mm-hmm. And as we zoom out for that big picture perspective, it's all okay. It's all okay. Because each day that we live to the Lord, we're fulfilling, you know, God's dream for we're us. His dream for us. Absolutely. Which is the bottom line, right? Yeah. 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 Delighting ourselves in him. So he shapes the desires and gives them, right? Yeah, yeah. That's so good. Delight yourself yeah. or what's that? Yeah. Delight yourself in the Lord. He will give, give you the you desires, desires of your heart. Of your heart. Mm-hmm. Yes. Which is a tricky one, right? We have to be really careful. Like, okay, what does it mean to stop and delight? And, but that, I think it does go back to what you said. It, it, there is this piece in which do I really believe God is for me? Mm. Do I really believe that the best is his plan? Then I can let go and not control and, and not try to make things happen the way I think they should happen. And for me, I just look at Jesus and, you know, he who did not spare his son, will he not also give you all things, Romans 8. And if, if he's willing to give Jesus to secure my eternal future, by golly, he's got something in mind for my earthly future. Mm. You know, it's not for naught. And there may be a lot of things I will not understand until eternity. There may, may be a lot of things that I didn't get, dreams I didn't get to fulfill that I thought were him that won't make sense here, but they will all make sense. Every tear will, will have a tale of mm. God's goodness and how mm. he protected me or he provided. Um, or it's like you said, life in a broken world, and he was still redemptive, you know, mm. even if it's of no grand plan, there's a redemption always in every, in every dream that isn't fulfilled or every decision we make that isn't quite right. And we just can't out, we just can't wear out God's grace and mercy. Mm. Right. Amen. He never gets exhausted with us. He says, bother me, keep bothering me. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Um, Maybe do you, as we kind of land the plane on today's mm-hmm. conversation, I heard a hymn recently I wanted to maybe read as we close. Oh, great. Do you have a, a final word for us? No, I want to hear the hymn. Land the plane. Yeah, go for it. I, um, I was listening to a um, album. It's by a guy named Ben Hastings, and he wrote n- a number of songs that are pretty well known, including like um, So Will I. Mm. Um, these are very an excellent kind of wordsmith and I was hmm. listening to his album I just had it on play on Spotify and we got to this part where he was um, it was kind of a musical accompaniment and it was he was reading like a poem it sounded like hmm. and it really just gripped me hmm. and um, I was like where 
that didn't sound like something he wrote. Oh. And so I was like, what is this thing he, he got was it from reading? some wise dead person. Yeah. So <laughs> I think I kind of did the Google, like the deep dive on like, where did this come from? And I saw an interview where he's like, yeah, this is actually the words from a hymn. Okay. Written by a gal named Annie Johnson Flint. Okay. And, and I read a bit about her story and it was like, she was kind of this young woman and then, you know, kind of talking about mm-hmm. God's story and vision for us. Mm-hmm. A lot of it doesn't look like what mm-hmm. we think it's going to look like, mm-hmm. right? And uh, it takes us by surprise. And it said that from, you know, early on in her life, she was stricken with like this severe arthritis, which was like so profound that she could barely do anything herself. And just said out of kind of her um, just being homebound, Mm -hmm. basically, she started writing. Mm -hmm. And Out of suffering. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And this is um, what she wrote. This is, it's called He Giveth. Mm. It says, He giveth more grace when the burdens grow greater. He sendeth more strength when the labors increase. Mm. To added afflictions, he addeth his mercy. To multiplied trials, he multiplies peace. Mm. When we have exhausted our store of endurance, when our strength has failed ere the day is half done, when we reach the end of our hoarded resources, Mm. our Father's full giving is only begun. Mm. Fear not that thy need shall exceed his provision. Hmm. Our God ever yearns his resources to share. Lean hard on the arm everlasting availing. The Father, both thee and thy load, will upbear. Hmm. His love has no limits. His grace has no measure. His power, no boundary known unto men. For out of his infinite riches in Jesus, he giveth and giveth and giveth Giveth again. again. Mm. Thank you, Annie. Thank you, Annie. I think the line that most struck me in that song is just is there kind of in that third stanza. It says, when we reach the end of our hoarded resources. Isn't that... Our father's full giving is only begun. Uh, only begun. Because when we think mm-hmm. we come, like we've kind of stored up the manna, mm-hmm. you know, like the mm-hmm. vision, the dream, mm-hmm. the ambition. And then when we get to the yeah. end of it, we think that's the finish. We mm-hmm. think like, oh, I'm out. I'm out of mm-hmm. fuel. You know, I don't, I've come to the end of what yeah. I had. And just that idea of like, when you get there, mm-hmm. that's when the father's full giving has just started. Right. You know, it's like, I'm, I'm out of ideas. Yeah. Blessed are the poor in spirit. <laughs> Amen. Or theirs is the kingdom of yeah. heaven. So if that's us, yeah. no matter if we're a planner, we're a spontaneous. It's it's all of us. We have a dream. Mm-hmm. We don't know how it's going to come yep. about. Um, God's it's, full it's giving us all for has sure. just started in your life and mine, and that's good news. Well, that brings us to the end of today's conversation. And, you know, it brings us one episode closer to the close of this season of the Praxis Podcast, which um, is sad and exciting at the same time. <laughs> but I want to say a huge thank you for uh, to Patty for helping us engage with these really important topics. Thank you so much. Oh, totally my joy. And thanks to you, the listener, for listening. We hope that you found today's conversation helpful. And we hope to catch you again soon. This is the Praxis Podcast. Oh, oh, oh.